All right. Welcome back to the, is this the fifth episode? Fourth or fifth, yeah. Fourth. Man, I don't even remember. We've been doing too many. <laughs> Welcome back to the Keys Podcast. Today, we are joined by our marvelous CTO, Daniel. What's up, what's up? Uh, <laughs> to talk about tech and what's been going on behind the scenes because I feel like I feel like his face hasn't really been on many podcasts recently and he's been one of the, the champions behind the scenes so far that's been onboarding devs left, right, and center, center, managing teams and doing a lot of things that really aren't shared or recognized by the community. So let's... Uh, Let's have him share some stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we are a tech company first and foremost. Like, yes, crypto is what industry we're in, but I think tech is, in essence, what we are, right? Um, building all of these insane products has a lot of, you know, uh, a, a lot of tough challenges ahead of it. And so, yeah, I'm very excited, um, you know, to, to ch t tackle these challenges. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is a tech company. I'm super excited to to lead it, and I've uh, I, I love what what we've been doing so far. Uh, but we can talk a little bit about. Um, I mean, we could talk about whatever in terms of the team, um, the products that we're you know going to be dropping very very soon, some of the security aspects, um, and we can also talk about background of the team. Why don't like we just like wind it all the way back, and kind of start with how the team started with like the tech team, with the dev team that we started with when we first built out the Keys website to where we are now, having a team of 60 plus people internally and having you manage a good portion of them. What's For, that process been like? Yeah. Who are the people behind the scenes? Absolutely, absolutely. So first thing we can talk about is uh, where we started and that was just myself. Um, I was working at Amazon as a full, full stack engineer. Uh, working in fraud prevention. Uh, so I was basically making sure that anyone who makes an order on Amazon, uh, there's basically machine learning algorithms to detect whether it's you who actually made that order. Um, and the 1% time that the machine learning algorithm cannot figure out whether it was you or someone else based on the variables, it goes and it gets sent to a manual investigator. And so I worked on the tools that the manual investigators use to uh, take action or make decisions on these specific cases or orders that were fraud fraudulent. And it's interesting stuff, but it definitely wasn't where my heart was at. And I discovered blockchain uh, basically a year ago, uh, working on different types of projects, and I fell in love with NFTs. So I started creating my first NFT collections on Solana. Um, with Solana Bull, I've always think Solana is, is, is amazing. Uh, it's very, very revolutionary technology, especially with their proof of history uh, blockchain uh, technology. And so we started on Solana, made a couple projects there. It definitely, uh, you know, takes, it, you're not going to be successful your very first time, right? It's going to take a lot of work to get better and understand the entire end-to-end -end scope of how you actually build an NFT uh, collection, how it works on the blockchain, you know, no technical issues, making the dApp, all of these crazy things. And the first person that I actually uh, had helped me with this was Monty. Uh, so Monty is uh, one of our, he was our first dev uh, at Keys Token. And he was actually a dev that helped me with other projects in, in the past. So it kind of just made sense to bring him on board. So he uh, went to school with me uh, over a, in the University of Guelph. 
So he he's an awesome person. Uh, we, we've worked in many different projects. Unfortunately, we actually didn't have many projects in school, but I, I knew who he was and uh, we've had classes together. Just unfortunately, we didn't work together in, in university. And then only afterwards, we realized um, that, you know, he's an amazing front end engineer uh, and more middle stack. Def definitely knows his way around React, uh, JavaScript, Node. So basically, we had him help uh, to start creating the keys website and so he kind of led all of the the front-end work I did mostly the back-end stuff and that's kind of the first person that joined uh, it was it was it was Monty and he went and uh, if you guys remember the first version of the keys token website it was a good website uh, but it wasn't you know where we wanted it to be and so I mean after you know many revamps it's obviously where it is today but Monty was the first one. He, he he's an amazing engineer. Um, he's actually over at Shopify right now, and it's just uh, it's just been an amazing amazing time having him on board. And then after that, we had um, Snuff, and so Snuff, a very interesting story. So he's actually my floor mate in uh, uh, over in my apartment. So he lives across me, and I met him in the elevator one day. And <laughs> this guy has a full on sleeve tattoo, and he's just like a sick guy. He's from he's from uh, Netherlands, and I asked him what he did for a living. He's I'm a software developer. I said me too. Where do you work? Where do you work? And um, you know we just you know found found each other, and it was great. We 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 started hanging out, and all of these you know he. he He's an amazing person himself and um, definitely found a great friendship there first before asking him to come on to Keys. And then after we launched Keys, uh, he loved it. He he was a first investor and he just asked, you know, he has a lot of time, didn't have much to do, just finished playing, uh, just finished raiding in World of Warcraft uh, <laughs> and, and doing all that fun games. So he, he asked to come on and... You know, I took him, uh, took him in, and he's one of the best developers we have on the team. Absolutely, his efficiency, velocity, um, tenacity, and in general intelligence is just off the charts. Passion just for too. reference, he built the entire Keys Token website in a matter of days. From yeah. probably black three screen. three days, we go and we're like, we need to get, get a whole token revamp, and he gets it done. He's super passionate. Super you passionate. Uh, works hard. Uh, and him and Monty are actually a great duo because Yari's very good, or Snuff, he's very good for uh, the back-end infrastructure as well as front-end. And then Monty is just a front-end wizard. So he basically, it just worked in tandem, and they were able to pump out the website in literally three or four days. So they were the ones that started um, as our main, main two developers. Uh, and I was leading all of the infrastructure uh, security support as well as blockchain. So I was creating all the smart contracts for the key card website, uh, for the key card NFT drop and um, keys token website as well. And we, and actually we didn't mention, uh, didn't mention Mark. Um, yeah, you forgot to mention them. So yeah, Mar Mark, Mark was actually um, our, one of our first engineers in terms of the, the backend uh, smart contract side. So uh, basically we created our first draft of the contract um, and it was good. But Mark took a look, and uh, DeFi Mark, I think he came from SafeMoon um, or a couple other really big projects. He's been all over the place. Yeah. He's got a crazy portfolio of work. Absolutely. And he, he's, a, he's also passionate and honestly one of the most underrated developers I've ever seen in my life. In terms of what he's doing for the DeFi space, 
it's just insane. He he's the founder of Surge, created XUSD, which is the first appreciating stablecoin, which is just mind-boggling. Like even the thought of an appreciating stablecoin, how does that even you know? It's it turns a lot of heads definitely, and so he he wanted to help on keys, and he actually took my iteration of the keys contract, made it better, made it more gas efficient, added some cool functionality functionality like a contract swapper, where if you just send Ethereum to the contract, it'll buy keys and send it to your wallet address. And so, you know, minor efficiencies like that really helped build uh, the brand and build the token and make sure that there was no issues as well. So Mark's actually uh, was our first developer. Monty came on as front-end engineer for the dApps, and so did so did Snuff. And I believe that was kind of the first, you know, try uh, uh, trio um, of developers we had. Before. Not to mention all the audits done by OneTap. That guy's a legend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. OneTap. Uh, if you check in the Discord, uh, he's there all the time. He's a senior mod. That guy is OneTap. One of the most genuine and nicest people I've ever met, and also Smartest. super intelligent. Yeah. Super intelligent, knows exactly. Uh, he he just been he just been through it. You know what I mean? He's been in development uh, blockchain for over ten years, uh, and he knows he's you know he knows how projects come to life, how projects fail, and because of his insight, we were able to do what we did. Um, during the first few weeks of, of launch, uh, and in general, he really helps support. When we, whenever we have any questions, um, he's kind of the first person we talk to. Uh, so OneTap is there, and he's just been an amazing, amazing support as well. That was kind of the first four people that came on, um, and then we can talk about all the other devs. Uh, is there any other questions um, other than that in terms of the initial starting? Spot? No, man. Keep rolling. Keep Get the rolling. Yeah, no. I got a couple sure. questions coming, but it'll be after. It's more regarding about NFTs and putting putting together that whole project. But absolutely, I think this is really important because there's a lot of people that have no idea who's behind the scenes. Absolutely, so to hear from you, it's gonna yeah. mean a lot. For sure, for sure. I mean, in general, tech side is not really like seen too much. A lot of the people that are seen are, are the marketers or the salesmen, um, and the brand. And we want to make sure that all of it is functioning stays up to date, it's all the uptime is 100%. And security is a crucial, crucial thing that often gets overlooked because as some, if some bad actor, malicious person comes and tries fiddling and making sure that you're, like tries to expose you in some way, you have to make sure that you're locked down in all angles. And that's why we did this Certic audit to make sure that you know the contract is 100% safe uh, it's been peer reviewed by many, many developers, and yeah, it's, it's definitely a top priority. Um, in terms of the other developers, uh, so we just started bringing on a couple, a couple other ones. So Ivan, also a developer at Shopify, he is going to be helping out with the Keycard um, Benefits website, which I will actually uh, talk about more in just a second. Um, but he, he, he's coming on. He's also an amazing developer. We have Steven, who is actually a original just member of the Discord community, reached out, um, also was a developer at Amazon, and he wanted to see if he can fit in as well. Um, so we gave him an opportunity to come and work at Keys uh, part-time, and he's been doing an amazing job as well, uh, working on the Keycard benefits page, which is going to be released very shortly. Um, and so... I mean, as as we as a company, I feel like people love what we're doing, and they're just 
asking to come and provide value. We're not really chasing people anymore. People are just coming to us. And that's a sign of a successful successful company, successful project, and just shows the, you know, the people in the company. At the end of the day, a company is the people, right? And we're, in my opinion, super good-hearted people who just want the best. And they, they, we don't really care about, you know, all these uh, money, like as Nima said so many times, it's people over profits. Um, always, uh, it's the first kind of tenant or moral that we had. Core pillar. And Core you know, pillar. the funny thing is, when you put the right people in the right place, mm -hmm. you literally exponentially grow your business, which in result turns to more profits and more, and you know, efficiency, more time saved, 100%. less hassle, less friction, and. I got a question for you. You named a lot of people, but how does it feel like being the leader of a lot of people that are really depending on you to be the leader? So for me, I, I, I feel like this is kind of where I've always needed to be. Uh, I have always had a builder mindset in terms of a developer, but I've also had a really big interest into business, startups, uh, leadership, management, and I've always thought to myself that I can see myself, you know, leading a team to to victory. And now that we're here and Keys is, Keys is, you know, chugging along, I feel like I'm in the best spot I've ever been in. And in, in general, it comes from tri like trial and error. There's been so many companies that I've tried to start myself and lead developers. It's funny, my very first company was an uh, electronic arts company that I created in grade 11. I called it Critico Entertainment. Um, Critico is like my alias online. And so basically Critico was a game, uh, a game development platform where we basically helped um, children, you know, learn by playing games. And so the first game, it was kind of like a color matching game. It was just very interesting. I, uh, my sister was three, or three years old at the time, and I wanted to create something to get her to learn, how, like colors, primary colors, uh, secondary colors, all that fun stuff. And I just wanted to do it through a fun game. And so that was kind of the first company I created, and I had roughly two or three developers. I was able to get funding but from the government to help run the company. And um, they, it was just an amazing experience. And I was able to sell the application after after a few, uh, after some development, got some AdSense revenue to come in. Uh, I think we, we ended up getting over um, a thousand users. So it was really, really crazy. It was really awesome. <laughs> and it was a great learning opportunity. Um, and it was my first kind of electronic or tech company in general. So that was like where I first started and I saw there was a passion for, for this kind of thing. And uh, after that, I worked in um, a sales company. Actually, I was doing window cleaning. I was selling windows, uh, cleaning for windows and doors. And that actually brought my interpersonal side out of me in terms of being able to communicate well, being able to um, be confident when I speak and um, be persuasive as well. And I think that's very, very important when doing any type of role because you need to be able to sell yourself. In, in any interview, if you don't know how to speak, if you don't know how to communicate, it's very hard for the other you know, party to understand the value that you're about to bring. And so the sales aspect of me, along with the developer and builder aspect of me, really came together and was able to, you know, 
blow a lot of people away when I was doing these types of interviews because not only was I able to, you know, talk the talk, I was able to walk the walk in terms of, you know, development and actually being able to provide value. And so after that, um, after GTA Window Cleaners, I was able to go ahead and um, intern at a couple different uh, corporations, companies such as Deloitte. Uh, That was my first job. Then I was able to go to uh, Poker Stars, which was a really fun, fun, fun gig. Um, Took my, uh, uh, went and uh, took my time at Scotiabank. That was a really interesting experience as well. Built uh, built an entire metrics board for the senior management to see how their de- developers were doing based on how many commits, how many code reviews, and things like that um, that was being pushed out. And then my uh, and then my most recent one at Amazon, uh, which was absolutely uh, the best experience of my life in terms of uh, developing as a person and also um, develop develop developing myself as an engineer. And so yeah, I I personally feel like I'm at home now um with with my role and my position and i've never felt more comfortable in my life yeah i think that goes for everybody that's a part of this project but that comfort comes with a lot of responsibility there's a lot of people counting on this and again as the leader of the project it's a really good position for you to kind of see what it's like to you know have everybody relying on you and and almost waiting for you to give them the go in terms of actions activities all that so I guess um, moving on to the next topic, and I think this is going to be a really interesting one. I don't think we've ever sat down and like actually openly discussed this. Clearly, none of us have any script, so it's going to be a very in- interesting conversation because I personally come from a real estate background, and I know that even today we've been brainstorming a lot to do with NFTs and real estate. And as this space continues to evolve and more and more people are starting to adopt cryptocurrencies and NFTs, what are your initial thoughts based on the last two months? Tomorrow is our 60-day, two-month anniversary, January 18th. What are your initial thoughts on how NFTs are completely transforming how businesses conduct um, transactions, how the technology is evolving into this machine that is enabling new processes as well as new revenue opportunities Meanwhile, produ- producing value for the end users. Absolutely, yeah. That's a that's a great question because, in my opinion, I feel like what just happened with the JPEG boom or the profile picture boom is just the beginning of an insane industry. Because it's not just oh, you know, it's a fad like the internet was a fad back in the day. This is here to stay, and the reason why because it brings an entire level of um, abstraction in terms of digital ownership is going to revolutionize the game in many industries, not just real estate. It will happen everywhere. When I'm ta- I'm talking about sporting events, airplane tickets, every single thing that you're going to basically own or gets printed to you that signifies some sort of ownership is going to be an NFT in the future. And it's just a matter of time until the infrastructure is built out and it, we we're in a more mature state that all of this stuff will come to life. And so, you know, there's so many battles happening right now with the L1 battles, you know, Solana, AVAX, what's, what's going to be the one where everybody uses NFTs on it? I mean, at the end of the day, it's what the issuer chooses to use as the NFT. So if Rolex, for example, wants to create an NFT collection that, um, Every single time they sell um, an, a Rolex, they basically issue an NFT that gets sent to your digital wallet. 
and now signifies ownership and certification of that Rolex. And so Rolex is the one that chooses the blockchain. Rolex is the one that says, hey, I'm going to go in Solana or I'm going to go in Ethereum. And depending on what more people decide to use, that is what's going to be our winner at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So, so many uh, companies are moving. As you could see, Nike just, you know, uh, acquired the, the creators of Clonex. Um, you know, you saw, you saw Adidas. They made their own NFT collection. And this, so this is just the beginning and it's just going to grow and grow and grow. I believe it's a, I think a, Four hundred billion dollar market uh, for for NFTs. Uh, I could be I could be mistaken on that. It could be more. It could be less. But in general, it's growing to such a rate that we've never seen before. And this is the time, in my opinion, to innovate, to invent, and to act as the youth of uh, as a youth, as people who are interested in basically taking advantage of any opportunity. If you get into NFT technology, blockchain technology you are already positioned ahead of everybody else. You know, you need to basically see the see the future and then you need to be the future if you want the future to arrive, right? So you want to actually work on creating these differences, work on creating these companies, just like we're doing here, um, to actually envision and create the future that we that we envision. So that's kind of my idea on on where NFTs are going to be and how it's going to happen, uh, what, what's going to happen in the future, but it's basically going to be all around us. Yeah, personally, I think <clears throat> just building on top of Daniel's idea. Pardon me, can't stop clearing my throat these days. You've been talking too much. Too, too yeah, much yeah. talking. It's, it's nice day. to have somebody else talking for once. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I think I think the power of NFTs is that it really is going to push the needle of business and entrepreneurship. And, and development and strategy and fundraising and the involvement of users, uh, customers and investors in business models. And it's something that we're starting to see at, already in the NFL, um, as well as a lot of the, the leading NFT companies and crypto companies that are, are, are functioning at, at the highest level of, or the highest degree right now in the industry. What the cool thing about the integration of digital ownership into um, the, the internet is, is that not only are businesses able to generate revenue for themselves in creative ways that provide value to the holders and their, their community and, and customers, but the people that use businesses can now become just as involved as an employee from a completely different standpoint. It's not about being somebody that works for the company, but in exchange for the company providing value to you in the NFT, you are also providing value to them by co-branding and co-marketing their product. So this is like the whole next level of, <clears throat> of what it means to own a company, market a brand, and then really maintain a community of users. Because right now we're in an age of usership. And I think we talk about this as a team all the time. If you want to succeed as a business, it's all about gaining users, keeping them coming back, and making sure that they feel valued and safe inside of your products and your ecosystem. And we're so focused on that here. And that's one thing that I, I definitely value about this team and, and my position with this team is that that's at the forefront of our minds. <clears throat> but that's really at the heart of NFT technology is that the community gets value from the, from the business and the business gives value to the community. And what's going to be super, super, super cool, and I think you've heard a lot of really influential people in the space, business, entrepreneurship, and crypto and blockchain, even real estate now talking about it, is that 
and I've said this time and time again, social currency changes. And it changes from not only from the, the fact that your social currency can be monetized inside the metaverse, and that's something that we've spoken about on multiple podcasts many times. Your social currency and your social identity is no longer going to be attached to, to things that were relevant in Web2, which are um, photos you post on Instagram and tweets you put up on your page. I think what a lot of people are starting to miss here is that the companies that you choose to associate yourselves with, the ethos that those companies embody, their core pillars, the team, the people that represent it, the community behind it, are represented in the NFTs inside of your wallet. And what's so cool about that is as an employer, I mean, we even look at these things. What kind of NFTs are you holding? What kind of investments are you making? With introduction of blockchain for the first time, you could actually see what people were holding if you knew what their wallet address was and you could see what kind of a risk appetite they had, what kind of investment opportunities they chose to capitalize on. And now with NFTs, you have an even more in-depth look at that because NFTs, as much as people say they aren't, they're investments. Uh, they're investments that provide value to you in ways that stocks don't. And that's the coolest part about them. But they add this whole extra layer of identity to them, both personally and with a company that you're associating with that produces this NFT. So for me, I'm right there with Daniel in that there's a lot of applications and we're just at the beginning of what this technology brings to the table. And to be honest, I think blockchain tech is, is one of the most revolutionary technologies to be brought um, to, tr to fruition. Um, uh, you, you'll, you'll quote me f for, for referencing Gary Vee here, but since the printing press, and I honestly am, am like wholeheartedly believing that between blockchain tech and quantum computing, that is the edge of, of, our, of our technical um, industry right now, and it's going to continue to be that way for the next couple centuries. But NFTs built on top of blockchain, I think, is going to be one of the most valuable technological developments in the blockchain space for years to come. And we see it right now with the ERC-721 contract, which was really cool to be developed here in Vancouver by Dapper Labs. But as we move forward, we, we were talking about this the other day as well, ERC-721 is, is what we have and know as NFTs today with um, single unique tokens that provide value and you can have digital ownership over all these different things. But there's going to be the next version of that and the next version of that that comes after it. And the only way that we really know what that next version of NFTs is, that next contract, is by having organizations and communities really pushing the needle on what exactly is the real utility of NFTs. And we've had a lot of conversations here with our internal team as well as our partners where we're really starting to reach the outer limits of what ERC-721 NFTs actually incorporate. What does, how far can you, can you push that boundary until it doesn't really work anymore? And when you get to that point, you're, you're thinking less about being what an NFT is today and starting to look at the future business opportunities. And you're gonna start to see the smaller companies being the ones that really embrace that and run with it because the risk appetite is not there in the ones that have been around for a long time. Um, which is why you're seeing only right now the NFL picking up NFTs four or five years after that contract was created. So this is what's really cool about Keys is that we still have that ability to be a small, versatile, agile company that can embrace these new ideas. And a lot of the other startups you're seeing in the NFT space are like that as well. And for me to see brands like Nike partnering with those small startups, including Artifact, which three years ago, everybody was laughing at the founder um, for sharing his digital shoes, is really, really exciting to me. And yeah, I mean, as Daniel said, if you're young and you're passionate, you, you're, you're a trader, maybe you write code, um, or maybe you're just a visionary, a young visionary, 
think about NFTs, honestly, any use case where you purchase something in real life, um, where you can gain value from something that you actually own, which is quite honestly every aspect of life. Think about a way that you can make that process simpler, easier, more transparent, more cost-effective using NFTs, because these are the ideas that are gonna change industries moving forward. Um, and the people that are able to think about these, these different approaches are gonna be the ones that become the next Nike, the next Apple, 100%. and the ones that get, get to partner with them. Absolutely, and, and one thing that you know, often gets overlooked is in all of these NFT collections and all of these projects, one thing that, in my opinion, I personally love the most is the is the community you know the, the sense of belonging um behind this idea of of the, the utility of the nft and so you know with keys like we've we've grown to such you know so such a massive community and it continues to grow every single day but that community aspect is so nice especially you know, there's been so many people that actually message me and they're like hey man because of you I'm able to like pay off my student loans. I, I, I can't, you know, I can't thank you enough. And then another person's like, you know, I was actually, I didn't know what to do with my life. I have found these keys. Now all I want to do is like, you know, make content or, or talk to people about it and make, and memes. make memes and all these things. And, and, and that is actually more special than you might think. It's, it's very, very powerful. The fact that it's a, you know, it's, it's a thing that brings people together and that's what I love the most about it. And in the future, you know, when you have enough people, enough smart minds coming together to with a, with an idea and, and 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 motivation and determination, you can actually create whatever you'd like, whatever you want, and no one can hold you back. You just need to use code as leverage to actually get to where you want to be. Um, and this is something that I think Naval Ramakant said. He basically says like, there's I believe there's four ways to leverage capital, knowledge, code. I don't remember what the last one was, but use you know, you, you, in my opinion, development and code is something that you can leverage for free. You know, you can go online, learn how to, you know, go to Udemy course, YouTube videos. I started with just like YouTube tutorials. Obviously, I went to university for computer science and I studied many years, but most of the teachings, I had to just teach myself. I went online, went on, you know, Udemy and, you know, how to build a REST API, like things that are, you know, you want to learn how to do, just go and do it. It just takes time, dedication, um, and Google foo skills. You have to learn how to know how to Google correctly, which is actually one of the most uh, impressive. Um, finding knowledge as a developer is one of the most difficult yet rewarding um, skills because being able to like quickly figure out information and also like not look at information that is not important to you is just so so crucial to uh, to iterating quicker quicker and being a good developer. Um, and so just basically doing that day in and day out and learning how to code can really help set you up for life. And in my opinion, it was the best decision I've ever done. Um, it, thankfully, my father is a developer. He uh, studied in, in uh, Ru Russia, I believe, and, and went to, to Israel, did, did some, did some school, schooling there, and then worked at IBM and um, a bunch of other kind of uh, corporations. So he actually taught, uh, kind of influenced me to start developing. And my brother, who's a year older than me, he, he basically took the first steps as a developer, made some cool apps back in the day. And obviously, I just followed uh, followed steps. You know, the apple doesn't fall far, far from the tree. 
And then I, I just, you know, went to university as well and, and started developing. But I had a little bit more of an entrepreneurial spirit uh, versus they kind of just wanted to be code monkeys and, and just write code all day, which is totally fine uh, and teach their own. But everyone is able to to get that to, to get that knowledge. And if they want to learn how to code, it's it, it just takes a little bit of determination, but it's all free for you. It's literally free. I personally, if I can go back in time, would not go to university, would not go to college and just learn how to code, build a couple apps. You know, you know a lot of companies these days, they, they're not even looking for degrees. You know, if someone came to we me, aren't. I mean, with a degree, if someone came to me and is like, I'm able to build this, I built this from scratch, I, but I didn't go to university, I would hire them. Because 100%. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you know. It matters what you could do, right? And that is the value that you're bringing to the corporation. You know, we don't care about degrees. We care about your skills. We care about what type of person you are. If you're a, a self-starter, if you're a person who, 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 who's a hard worker and, and gets shit done, then you have a place here. You know what I mean? And I think Elon Musk is also doing the same thing. He's, he, he doesn't care about your degree. He's like, are you... Are you capable of supernatural talents are you able to do things that most people aren't able to do and if you can then come work for come work for us yeah it makes perfect sense though i think some specific um i guess professions like being a doctor biologist you have to go to school yeah definitely wouldn't trust somebody coming that's like your life yeah Yeah. it's different but for business and when it comes to these specific skill sets it's something that you can really learn online and through trial and error absolutely and with technology and all the information we're, we're literally living in the best time ever to be building a business working on new projects and even as you guys are talking like i'm literally learning every single minute about this whole space about how just it goes back to human fundamentals right like mm-hmm. our curiosity to continue to get better on a daily basis is a winning formula. There's no other way to put it. 100%. That's how you win. Yeah, and in, in general, like, little learning never ends. Like, I want to be learning until I am dead. Because at the end of the day, that's how you become 1% better every day. And in my, in my eyes, I mean, I've always been a person that I never really focus on the results because you're kind of wishful thinking there. What I learned to embody, and I read this and I've watched this from many successful entrepreneurs and, and people, and I, I, I'm very observant and I like to see exactly why people feel the way they are in the position that they are. And a lot of it comes down to people just, you know, they're only focusing on the results and if the results don't happen, they get upset and they, they you know, they're, um, they're hoping for something and it never, they, they get disappointed. Right? Lose motivation. They lose motivation. Lose everything, yeah. And, and, and in my opinion, if you just focus on the process, if you just focus on the hard work that's ahead of you and just embrace that and be mindful that you're in a great, oppor- you're in an op- opportunity to do this work. You know, like other people would die or would, would get in front of a truck, I don't know, to do this. And you can't be sad or, you know, upset that this work is, you know, came across your desk. You need to be happy, and you need you need to embrace the hard work because that's what that's honestly the result. That's honestly what you want to work for. You want to work for a pro. You, I think the way I'm wording it is kind of confusing. Yeah, I mean, no, I I think that honestly, if if that's if that's how you're feeling, it's you're just not in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not about not being the right guy or the right girl. It's just the fact that you're not doing the right thing for for your purpose. 100%. And I. I 
we, we always come back to purpose and, and motivation and passion because if you're not in the right spot, it's like, as Nima said, if you put, if you put people in the right spot, your business functions, your business success go through the roof. And it's because when people are in the right place, when they're, when they're given the right resources, they thrive. And there's no way to not thrive because when they have work slid across their desk, the only thing they want to do is pick it up and run with it. But as soon as you put in the wrong spot, you don't have the resources that you need and it doesn't match your, your approach and your mentality in the business world, it just doesn't work. Everything's, everything's grinding to a halt. Everything's working against you. And it's not only working against you, it's working against your leadership and the people that hire you. So as leaders of this company, I think that's been one of our biggest, um, our biggest points of learning in the last couple months has been how do we put people in the right spot and give them the right resources to succeed while making them feel like that is exactly the place they want to be. Um, and, and one more thing I wanted to say on that is that being in a tech company doesn't always require you to know how to code. And I think I thought, I thought that for the longest time. I mean, when I first met Connor, I said, what, did you, what do you do for a job? And I was, I was running an agency, a digital marketing agency. And he said, I, I co-founded a tech company. It's a fitness AI startup that can teach you how to, how to move your body better than a physical trainer. And I said, how, how, did, how did you do that? Did you go to school for, for computer tech, science and tech? And he's like, no, not at all. I went, I went to school for, I believe it was economics. Mm -hmm. I said, what the hell? And I took a step back and I realized that it's where you are and what industry you choose to function in, and this is true for everybody on our, on our team, has really nothing to do with the skill set you have, but more about the way that you approach it and the way that you think. For me, I'm coming from a background of business, entrepreneurship, and as Daniel said, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. My parents are both entrepreneurs. And that's, that's how I think. I'm, I have a creative mind. I'm very like, visionary. Daniel's a builder. He's a, he's a tech guy, just like his parents. And as, as two very different people with two very different skill sets, I work with Daniel every single day. I work with Nima every On single daily. day. On the daily. On the daily basis. Like we, we, and I know him all the time to get yeah, things done. Exactly, exactly. And you know, this is, this is very, it's, to me, it's, it's one of the coolest parts about this because I have no background in tech. Yeah. I have background in investments, entrepreneurship, trading, crypto, and the knowledge that I have in that space and the approach that I have with, with, um, with business and the way my mind works is very complementary to somebody like Daniel and somebody like Nima. You don't have to know and you don't have to be the guy that goes out and learns how to code Solidity and write a smart contract from scratch or be the guy that knows how to do full stack web development to be in a tech company. If you want to be in a tech company, if you want to run a marketing agency, whatever it is that you want to do, as long as you have the right mindset and as long as you're thinking about the right things and, and learning about the right things online, you're all good. And my, my Google foo was writing papers on blockchain, learning about blockchain, becoming mm -hmm. super immersed in the tech and figuring out how the tech fits into business because that's what I'm really passionate about and that's, that's what my brain works best for. Well, one, one thing that I've always thought to myself is like whenever I start any sort of venture, you know, imagine that this venture made you like millions of dollars. Like literally, you have a billion dollars and then now all of the money problem goes away. Are you happy doing what you're doing? in your business. Like, let's just say you're not even working for the money anymore. You have enough money to succeed. That's not the goal. What keeps you going every day? And my, in my, in my, in my perspective, it's the hard work. It's the process. It's becoming a better person, becoming a better developer 
and always see, trying to provide value and in service of others. What do we say to each other every time we walk in the office? We look at each other in the eye and we say, I said, Daniel, why, why do you work, bro? Why do you work? I, I just say hard work. I said, what, what do you enjoy? I, I enjoy the process. Exactly. And then I say, say it again, bro, a little bit louder. I, I enjoy the process. Yeah, the fucking process. Because that's, that's honestly what it's about. 100%. Yeah. It's not about the money. It's about the process. You need to enjoy it because I'll tell you from experience, and I'm sure Nima would too, and everybody else on our team, that when you get to the end, it's, it's just you think that it's satisfying. That's, that's what you're working toward. But in reality, it's no different than the 365 months that you put in before it. Mm-hmm. The, the championship game, when you win it, you feel more empty after you win it than you did in the 15 losses that led up to you getting there and the, thir- the early mornings you went to train in the gym. And it's the exact same case here. It's not about reaching a crazy business milestone. Like you might, you might get an extra pat on the shoulder, but you're gonna feel no better when you achieve that than the, than the days when you knew you were getting one step closer. 100%. And as soon as you get caught up in the idea that all of your joy comes from those moments, it completely ruins the whole magic of it. The magic is all in the, in the small things every single day. Have us having calls with people that we've looked up to our entire lives. Be, being able to embody the ideologies of the greats that came before us and really, really, really learn what those words mean. And I mean, we're, we're talking about all these things that most people look at as being cliche. And we've heard so many times from other people. And to be honest, it's just regurgitation of fact. But the, the experiences that you have along the way really start to ingrain these in your mind and, mm-hmm. and make you realize how powerful they are. We should probably reel it back in and get back to tech talk. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of value. It's definitely all aligned. And it goes back because the reason this is all aligned is because this is why we're we're being given this opportunity to become leaders in this space Mm -hmm. rather than just another person that's participating in the industry and witnessing what's about to happen. There's a big difference. And I remember even before Keys Token was launched, I remember with Tebow, we were investing in a couple projects and we did extremely well, but it just wasn't satisfying. And we're very competitive people, right? And people quite misunderstand a lot of the things we say just because they don't know us. But like we say, we we don't prioritize money, but somehow within all of the businesses that we've entered, we've actually made more than all the competitors combined. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's a reason for that. It's mm-hmm. a different mentality. While, while everybody's rushing to the finish line or their milestones, we're over here having a good time, making more money than them, enjoying the process with a team that doesn't even feel like work. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, the up and down is just another day rather yep. than collapse just because things are moving sideways or what now because we accomplished our mission. And that's what's made this so fun because what it's been eight weeks since launch, right? And I think we were working for about four weeks prior to launch. Yep. We show up here every day and it feels like it's back to day one. We have that same energy. We have the, and obviously some days are harder than the other days. Some days you got to scream at your team. Some days it's not all butterflies and sunshine and mojitos, you know? Sometimes <laughs> you got to get down and dirty and get your, fuck. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to get down and dirty and that's that's the winning formula, whatever it takes. I know we were having discussions about sleeping in the office. Oh, yeah. Right? When it was snowing it really in Vancouver, takes, like, let's just sleep here because we're going to come here anyway I don't want to walk home morning. 20 minutes and just to come back when I could just sleep here. Yeah, nice exactly. Here. 
These are so, the reasons why why you're here on the holidays and why we're here on the holidays, working on absolutely. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Christmas Eve, weekends. Christmas Day, weekends. We don't have, we don't even know what day of the week it is half the time. The token was being very, was, was, was becoming everything that we wanted it to be in the ecosystem that we're building around. It was becoming everything that we wanted it to be. And the community was like, where is this going? Like what, what's really happening here? Who are the people behind this project? And they were looking into Nima's profile and they were seeing the private jets and the success from his previous businesses and the Lamborghinis and the Ferraris. And I remember somebody coming on and being like, why don't you, like, this is definitely just not the project for, for anybody here because you're, you're out here flaunting all these crazy expensive um, assets that, you know, you, you've already made it. Like, why, why, why would I trust you to work hard? And I, I remember Nima picking up his phone with a smile on his face and replying to the comment. I don't know if it was an AMA or, or a text and saying, do you want my Lamborghini? I'll give it to you because I don't give a fuck about it. And <laughs> quite frankly, if that was the case, I'd have way more cars and way more jets. If you want to take the rides with me, I'm down. You can even, you can even take it. And to me, that says everything about the fact that the money, the money does matter. It always matters. Every, like you, can, you can talk to anybody and say, you know, the money doesn't matter to me. But in, in reality, it does. Somewhere deep down inside, it does. Because that's what drives everybody forward. It's what makes your life easier. It's so what it makes every, your business rolling. Yeah, and no, it's what makes everybody's have, yeah. life easier around you, which is the best part about it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really the, the real joy comes out of the process. And honestly, the best joy with the money that I've found, like I, I've spent more, way more money on other people than I've ever spent on myself because it feels like shit when I when I buy something expensive for myself. I just went and bought a suit the other day. Honestly. And I, I was like I was like sweating because it was 2K. But I, I just spent way more than that on a gift for for my parents and my girlfriend not too long prior. And it felt way better. Um anyway, just a little story. I think I think we should definitely go back to the tech because there's a couple of exciting announcements yes. we want to talk about. Uh for those who have stayed uh, and uh, to this part, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the additions we're going to be adding in the very near future. And I don't know if we uh, have released who we're doing it with just yet in terms of the on-ramp. Um, we have not released any information about who, but you can get into the details without mentioning names. Sounds good. Sure. Sounds good. So <laughs> very, very soon on our website, you will be able to use your credit card to buy keys. This is an absolute amazing breakthrough. It's gigantic. It's gigantic. It's absolutely destroying the barriers to entry for anyone who wants to come on and be a part of the Keys family. And this is very, very important because every new investor that wants to come in, whether they are an avid crypto investor or whether they are a retail investor who has never seen crypto in their life, everybody has a credit card and everybody's able to, to purchase um, with any card, right? And so this is in very, very crucial because what we're going to do is we're going to have this integration or, or service uh, to buy keys with the credit card throughout all of our products in the ecosystem. And it will allow basically anybody to just enter um, via, via, via this new service. So I'm very excited for that. It's going to be coming out in... Um, a few weeks, once we have everything tested and sorted, we want to make sure security is an all-time high there because there's a lot of, um, you know, 
if there's a bad apple that wants to try to uh, hack their way into the system, the answer is you can't. Uh, it's gonna it's it's locked down on <laughs> on key um, using the best of the best in terms of protection and encryption. So there's no way you can get get bias there, and we just want to make sure that that's the case. And then uh, the next thing. Hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. What does what does this mean for keys? Yeah, let's let's honestly, talk a little bit about honestly. What like, what, what does it mean? Like, it's huge news, and we we've talked with some of our partners about it, and they're like, "Wow, this is this is massive." And I don't want to I don't want to downplay how important it is that people will be able to pick up keys using fiat currency and a credit card because the amount of friction that one must go through as a keys holder and, and product user to pick up a single key is insanity. You have to take your money and transfer it from a bank account onto a, a crypto on-ramp into Ethereum, then send the Ethereum to an exchange, maybe make some transfers and then send that to an to a on-chain wallet and then connect it to a dApp and then buy keys. It's a huge process. And even by the time you get to the dApp, there's so many different things that most people don't even want to worry about and they just give up. Slippage. And yeah, slippage. And all, all these things. All these things. They don't, know how to, they don't know how to adjust it. And for a lot of token startups, that's been their biggest issue is how do we get people to hold our token with the lowest possible amount of friction and the lowest possible fees? And I think the fees will definitely, like, we get, we'll get a little bit more excited about that with the next thing Daniel has to say. But oh, yeah. with active marketing, um, with products that require people to hold keys to gain higher levels of access and better benefits, you'll be able to use the platforms without keys. But if you do hold even a small amount, you'll, you'll find yourself in a much better position than you would if you didn't. And that's kind, of the, that's kind of the power and the magic of the system we've built. To have the integration built on, on those sites with all the exposure that we're going to get, um, think about the metaverse, the exchange, and check out the Keys rental app that we snuck into the Loyal Key program. Ooh. Oh, I haven't heard a lot of news about that on the chat, but it's kind of weird. Check it out. All these different platforms are going to have a ridiculous amount of users and a ridiculous amount of marketing behind it. And if it's as simple as entering a credit card and clicking three buttons, a buy gets put in on the chart and somebody has keys in their wallet, just like that, it's going to change a lot of things. Another thing we're trying to make sure to add with this update is reoccurring payments as well. So you'd be able to set a time, a day, a place when you be actually able to to, to buy this, these keys and, and you can make it reoccurring. So it'll automatically on the month, charge your credit card and buy keys and send it right to your Ethereum ad address. Basically on, on the form, it's just going to ask you for your credit card information and how many keys you'd like to buy. And then all you need to do is put in an ETH address. But if you connect your wallet, it will automatically just copy the, the wallet that you're connected into, into the widget and you'll be able to buy keys. So that that's coming out in the next few weeks. I'm looking forward to that. And I think we can go on to the next product um, or update, which yeah. is actually yeah, huge. Sure. The bridge. The bridge. The, the bridge. bridge. So this is something that we've been talking about for a very long time. We actually wanted to have a bridge to the Binance Smart Chain for many, many months when we first launched. Actually, it was the very first thing I, I tried looking at. But due to um, a lot of um, basically advice from other investors and token startups, they realized that it wasn't the best 
uh, thing to do right away. And it might be something that's better to do in the future, which is coming today. So right now, we're happy to announce that we will be creating a bridge to the Binance Smart Chain uh, with our amazing developer, Mark, who's going to be creating the contracts uh, on the on the BEP, BEP20 side. And it's going to allow you to basically buy keys with extremely cheap gas fees. So imagine instead of, instead of spending $40... it'll cost you $5 to buy keys. Max. Maximum, right? And so that's the beauty that the Binance Smart Chain provides. On top of that, it'll increase volume, a lot of volume, which would be very helpful to to get the, you know, get the the key more known and, and into the eyes of the public. And so really, really excited to have this. It's gonna be hopefully done by the end of the month, no promises, but we will definitely... Uh, we're definitely working on it, uh, and it's in it's in the process right now. So the bridge to the Binance Smart Chain is in the works. Yeah, so I, I think that a lot of people will start to see that with a combination of credit card on-ramp, and you'll be very excited to see who we're working on that with in, in the news very soon. There should be, should be some little press releases that come out in regards to that. Absolutely. In combination with the, the bridge, there's a lot of ways that we're working on being able to get keys into people's hands for not only lower fees, but also less friction. And it's, that's probably the biggest, one of the biggest moves we can make right now, given the fact that we're built on ERC-20, gas fees are sky high, and now we can still leverage the, all the benefits that come with being built on the Ethereum blockchain mm-hmm. as an ERC-20 token, while still giving the ability to own a key or own keys with very minimal fees and friction. Exactly. The, the whole goal is to lower the barrier to entry and wh- wh- whether that be a uh, credit card on-ramp, whether that be lower gas fees, we got you covered and we're working as hard as we can to make sure that we pump these these new developments out as, as soon as possible. So super excited for that. And um, I mean, in terms of other product development, I would love to quickly touch on the key card which was our first product that we released in, in, on December 28th. And it, was, it sold out in astonishing 32 seconds. And the Keycard V1 is basically a beta program that we have for allowing and giving a luxury benefits and luxury assets to um, people who are interested in real estate, travel, you know, commercial Whatever it may be, um, we're providing benefits. And this is the first, I believe, and only NFT collection that you get an actual physical card you know, sent to your address that allows you to, uh, that unlocks multiple benefits in terms of rentals, in terms of mansion rentals, car rentals, and, and other insane benefits, concierge services. And so what we've been building for the past basically month and a half with the entire dev team, is the key card benefits website. And this is basically where all investors or anyone who, who has a key card is able to go and redeem their benefits. Not only that, they'll also be able to go and talk to a key concierge that will allow you to, if you want to maybe book a trip to the Maldives, if you want to book a flight but you don't know how, if you want to get a, a courtside seat to the Lakers game, 
buy a Valentine's Day gift for your for your loved ones. The list goes on. All you need to do is hop on the key uh, on my key mykeycard.io, and you'll be able to get any of your wishes fulfilled. And you'll need to have a key card in, in order to do that. And so, very very excited to announce this that it's going to be releasing hopefully in March, where investors or key card holders will be able to actually um, you know redeem their benefits. And this is gearing up for Keycard V2, which is going to be an absolutely insane product because it's the first of its kind in the crypto space in terms of how powerful it is in, in utilizing NFT technology and also utilizing the network and the, and, and the connections that we have to make this happen. So, Noah, if you want to talk a little bit more about Keycard and Keycard V1 and 2, um, That'd be awesome in terms of the benefits page and how people can use it for moving sure. forward. For sure. It's been honestly a very exciting part of our process over the last couple of weeks since we launched Keycard V1 with a crazy sellout event that it was. And I don't think a lot of people have really seen all the moving pieces that have been really yeah, moving behind the scenes. We have a hop on calls with the team and Daniel twice a week, three times a week. And I still find myself kind of being surprised by the amount of people that are working on it. And I'll like, I'll hop on the Google meet and there's eight people, a bunch of devs, partnership team with a crazy amount of updates every single day, talking with some of the largest publicly traded companies, fortune 500 companies in the world for partnerships and discounts and access, all these different benefits that we're working on bringing to Keycard V1 holders in preparation for a product that's coming, which is v Keycard V2, which will have payment integration um, and a couple of other really cool features that we're kind of throwing around. But even just even just given the the partnership benefits that we're we're bringing on for our key partners, I don't even think there's a credit card provider in the TradFi space that has the range of benefits that we're going to be offering with just Keycard V1, even as it is. You can look at the biggest credit card payment providers in the world, including Visa and Amex and MasterCard. And I don't think a single one of them will be able to compete with the, the level as well as like the niche of, of partnerships that we're setting up. 100%. It's and insane. Yeah, the access is, is honestly unmatched. And I'm, I'm quite triggered that I didn't get a V1. <laughs> I didn't Con get one either. <laughs> Connor's sitting out oh. here with two. And I've been I didn't so have enough gas. Well, I ran out of gas. We, we could have purchased one on OpenSea, and I think we will, but we've honestly been so caught up in work that we haven't had the chance to... I think Nima, oh, I think, I think Nima might have <laughs> snagged one. Our time will come, but what I, what I can guarantee you guys is I think Keycard V1 was a major success, not just from the Mint sellout or from our ability to build a team to get the project rolling, but we're also seeing a lot... Of, I mean, I walked into the office today with one of the biggest watch brands in the world um one of the representatives sitting, on sitting here sitting on the sofa talking so we've in a way attracted a lot of big brands and a lot of real business to keys token and as a result of that it really opens up the door for a lot of things and keycard v1 holders um are going to have major benefits but what we're going to see is keys token as a whole is going to benefit from this project yes sir so in essence, it's really a, you know, they say uh, two birds with one stone. Yep. 
I don't know what the I don't know what the equivalent of a headshot of that is, but it's multiple headshots with one swing. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to the details of that, but one that's collateral. One bullet, yeah, two God. heads. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. that's that's the best part about this. We're yeah. really starting to get <laughs> the metaverse integration with the NFT. With obviously, there's the keycard angle of it, but there's also what else can we do together? And that's what's really starting to come out of all these different yes. partners. And that's the that's another whole kind of silent incentive that nobody's really seeing outside of our office. It's just the start too. And I think what's really cool about just even hearing some of the conversations that our partnership team has been having with these brands, because they're they're right above our row of desks, is that the conversation always starts with key card. They're asking questions about how it works and how the mint went and what the purpose of it is, what the community is like. And then it just completely evolves into tell me more about keys and the ecosystem. And they start throwing out these ideas about how they can become involved on a holistic level because the key card's really cool and they're, they're, they're really excited to come on as a partner and provide value because they see where it's going with V2. But as soon as they hear about everything else that we have to offer as a company, they really take a step back and they say, holy crap, I, I need to be involved on a way larger scale. Yeah. And with the number and the scale of, of partners we're setting up, it gets me very excited. 100%. And I guess one thing I want to talk about is the future and our, our future products as well, because there's going to be a lot of tech innovation happening within Keys. So if you're if you're a motivated, young, or you know even older person who has a lot of experience in, 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 in development and real estate, you know, reach out. You know, we'd love to hear from you because there's a lot of amazing things happening here. Every single day is a different day, and we'd love to work with you. So if you if you have any if you know anyone who would be interested in, in helping out build out an asset exchange, building out a, a keys keys rental app, you know, building out a blockchain, which will be happening very very soon. It's 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 going to be insane with the amount of innovation that's going to be going on within our company. And we'd love to bring on as many talented and bright, young, bright minds as, as, as we can. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you want to work, give us a shout. Not just developers either. Every, every single skill set. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, a, I'm just the developer. So that's why He'll I'm be the lead on it. That's why he's trying to recruit for <laughs> I want to recruit, man. I love, I love bright, talented minds. You know, there's a saying like, if you like, I want to basically have everybody working at the company that's just smarter than me. I want to be this. I want to be the stupidest person in the room, because yeah. that's the right way to grow. And I just that's just what I want. I want to be. I want to be the dumbest guy in the room, because if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Am I right? Absolutely. So. And luckily, we've all been able to be in one way, learning from each other as we also have taught each other. So there's been a lot of back and forth. And another whole angle of this is like, I've even started hearing some people say that you guys are aiming too big, which like excites me even more. Like I remember when we were launching the token, I think it was November 16th, 17th, all these people were coming in Telegram and on Discord saying like, what do you guys mean you want to do this? It, it's not possible. It's way ahead of its time. And it's like, it. well, did you, just, did you just witness what we just did? Where'd they go, with, by the way? They left. I guarantee, no, but I guarantee they're still there. <laughs> they're still watching. Lurking. And I wouldn't be surprised if now they're actually turned into believers and are benefiting off of all these access and 
as a utility token, we're providing a lot of different value for our, for our holders and benefits. So I won't be surprised if all these people are actually a part of our community and potentially making new accounts to come on as a new alias. And I'm telling you, man, this stuff happens a lot more than we think. Yep. Oh, yeah. And people are coming and changing and trying to get us to give a different answer. And luckily, we got nothing but transparency. And as we continue to evolve from a business standpoint and as individuals, trust is something that's earned. And it takes a lot of time and energy and effort to earn it. But once you have it, you can multiply it. And it's very easy to lose. So with the positions we're in, not only have we earned trust and evolved it, we're really starting to benefit off that multipli multiplication aspect. And it's just multiplying even beyond our control. Yep. And now we're starting to get to the point that people are like, maybe they can do this. Like the keychain or keys blockchain or the exchange or the rental app, the metaverse, the NFT collections, all of it combined is a, very big project and that's why we're looking at getting hundreds of people and 100%. even throughout my lifetime i've worked with over 500 people whether they've been business partners employees etc and the one thing i've learned is like the people that come and work the hardest are ones that really believe in the vision you know it's one thing to come contribute to a company just because you like being friends with the co-founders or it looks like it's a cool thing to do but like once you see it and you start believing it, there's no other choice. You're headed there and you're gonna find a way. Even if it's seemingly impossible now, you'll create the way. That's how all these technologies and all these startups go from start stage to what just happened. 100%. And I think that's the best part of the opportunity we have from a technology standpoint. We're treating this as like a global organization that is at the same time managing a bunch of different branches that are all synchronized with the same vision mm -hmm. of transforming real estate, luxury assets, and realistically, the way transactions are done on a global scale. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, it's, and it's, crazy. it's crazy how fast we're growing. And one thing that I've always thought to myself is don't aim for 1 million, aim for 10. Because if you're aiming for 10, you're going to hit 1 million easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you really need to go and, and think big and act big because that's the only way to get big. Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, even 10 million holders at this point is, it's so feasible given the position we're in, given the fact that, you know, social media and social currency, as you're saying, has changed. And as we've started to roll out meta mansions, I think a lot of people are starting to realize, wow, this really could be the next. I mean, I was on, I was on Instagram today and I saw CNBC post, I shared it with the group. Mm -hmm. virtual land is selling for millions and you look at the you look at the cop content i laughed at it and you're like, <laughs> like well if this is like our meta mansions are worth billions and you look at that and you're like what what are what are you guys even doing you're what's, almost what's going on here you're degrading the value of virtual land yeah right no like, honestly it's, set a it's, standard. It's, in, it's increasing it right well i it guess really, really is. in comparison it increases ours but there's no standard right now you know, there's nobody that's really established that like we're the best because we've set a standard. It's kind of a free for all industry right now where everybody's just saying we got plots of land. Here's kind of something I put together for it to look good. And it cracks the news. So imagine the type of opportunity and the type of um, media attention, the type of, you know, retail institutional attention we're going to get. And 
that's really something we can't take for granted because I'm fascinated by the technology. I'm fascinated by our work ethic. But all of that is lined up with literally a once in a generational opportunity. <laughs> you can't make it up. I mean, no, everything true. is aligned for this to just become what it's going to become. Right. I think there's, there's <laughs> two types of people in the world that are entrepreneurs. There's the ones that are comfortable staying in industries that are, that are proven to work. And there's those that chase the next thing. And I think that we're the ones who are chasing that next thing. And exactly. it's, it's a space race. It really, really is a space race. The digital real estate space is like NFTs two years ago, three years ago. And I think that the first people to really figure it out, to develop, to develop and deliver a, a space that's fully engaging, that's high fidelity, that makes you feel like it's actually something worth buying. If I go and look at a lot of the other digital real estate plots, the ones that Nima has been sending me, I look at them and I laugh because it looks like I rendered it as a six-year-old in SketchUp. I'm like, what the hell is this? <clears throat> the one to set the bar is going to be us. It's going to be. And I don't, I, don't, I don't see it happening any other way. And the way that I see it playing out is that when, when it does happen, before we mint, everybody is going to lose their shit because they're going to see that everything that we've been talking about with the Meta Mansions NFT, with the metaverse, and all of this next level talk about we're doing new things that nobody else is doing and, and all that, and everybody being like, no, there's no way you're doing that. We don't believe in you. You just wait until the website goes live and you actually see what's been happening. Because Landon, if you haven't met Landon yet, I recommend you DM him on Instagram or DM him Go on the DM Discord Landon right now. and tell Landon he, he's an absolute legend. Podcast. Because Landon is one of the craziest champions behind our project. We brought him on a week ago as a project manager for, for Meta Mansions because we were getting overloaded and we really did need some help. And he has taken this thing to a whole nother level. And first off, I appreciate you, Landon, killing it. Please show him support and love. But some of the ideas that we're throwing around just straight up have not been done. And this is part of the reason why it's taking a little bit of time to develop. Please name me one other NFT collection in the world that is a mansion, not a house, that is 3D, has VR air integration, and is developed in a way that is hyper real, potentially using game or engines like Unreal Engine 5 to actually render it out. Some of the craziest NFT collections right now are iterations of successful blue chip NFTs in 3D space, in engines like Unreal, using things like MetaHumans, um, working with some of the best uh, avatar renderers in the world. We're doing the exact same thing with real estate. And instead of working with the best avatar renderers, we're working with the best real estate renders and architects and interior designers to make sure that this is the most robust and, and engaging experience. And the coolest thing is, and I was having this conversation with Landon on, on one of our team syncs yesterday or this week. The reason why it hasn't been done is because if you want true variety in a, in a housing NFT collection, you can't just use one base piece of art. 
it's not like an ape collection or, or an avatar collection where they all have the same sh face facial shape and you're changing beards, hats, and glasses. You actually have to stay true to what architecture is all about and remember that the change in shape and appearance of a house from a structural standpoint is what makes them stand apart from one each other. There's, if you go through a track home development in, in the States and you look around, they might have different types of siding and different roofs and different decorations, but every house looks the same. And there's a reason for that. Board apes don't all look the same, even though they have the same base. So this is something we've had to consider. And, and honestly, the, the challenge with this is that as we've been developing this collection, we're realizing it's not developing one collection, it's developing one collection for every single base that we're using. And that's been, that's been the real reason why, and we're discovering this is the real reason why, other collections have never done this before and why they've only stuck to one or two bases. Because the amount of resources and money and time and, and brain power that it takes to solve a, solve a problem like this is ridiculous. And we're, we're, we're there. And it's, it's, and it's a matter worth of time. It. It's worth it for us to put this attention in because, again, we're setting a new standard, right? We're elevating an industry that is currently just defined by people's creativity, but also people's lack of imagination to actually put the time and effort to create something that's never been seen before. Mm -hmm. And when you see, you know, virtual real estate going for millions and CNBC's covering it, it actually blows my mind because they're setting the standard low. It's a good opportunity for us. But at the same time, it's like, well, how are you even, you know, promoting this? Because you're almost deteriorating your own brand yeah. by co-branding with projects that aren't living up to their full potential mm. and choosing by choice, selecting to take the easy route. We're taking the most difficult approach. I mean, we signed Valise, who's literally one of the most talented and creative individuals ever. In the world. In the world, in this space. And we signed him to an exclusive deal to be the only guy, like we're the only metaverse that this guy's going to be working on. Ever. And that's not a joke, right? For him to agree to work with us, not only are we, are we creating another bridge, we're also creating a, a future that we're both connecting and committing to creating a completely new standard in this industry. And a lot of our phone calls with him have not been about, you know, how do we make this happen faster or how do we just do what we can with what we have? It's like, how can we make this the best thing ever, regardless of how much it's going to cost, regardless how much time you have to put in? Just give us your best. We got your back. We need you to understand. We want this to be the best. And then you parlay that with the fact that we have Kobe Carp and Ray who are doing this in real life, not just as digital artists. And we're really, we're really, really about to change the way that virtual real estate is looked at. And this, this Meta Mansions team is bigger than just that. It's bigger than the three full-time designers we have on board right now. And Landon, who's coming from a background working with one of the largest BIM companies in the world, it's a global BIM company as a project manager working directly under the CEO, uh, and Kobe and Ray. We have so many people working on this. Um, me and Connor every day working on attribute lists. Just for example, marketers developing the entire strategy before we even start the marketing campaign or, or launch the website. Uh, blockchain enthusiasts coming in and researching every other NFT collection in the space, every other metaverse project in the space, 
and figuring out what they did right and what they did wrong and how we can take that, leverage it, change it, and make our project more successful and more beneficial um, throughout the entire process. One, one really cool thing I also wanted to mention is we're using state-of-the-art 3D generative technology. Like this has been done so like with Clonex and, and a bunch of other blue chip NFTs and that's why we're going to win. Like this is very difficult to make. It's not a walk in the park. It's not open source technology. You need to really find the right people to make this happen. Um, and it's it's not easy. It's not easy. And I'm so excited because we have the capabilities. We have the right team to not only do it, but to blow it out of the fucking park. And so that, <laughs> in my opinion, is why we're going to become the next blue chip NFT. It's um, all the details too, all the details. right? And, and I didn't even mention the fact that it's, we're paying attention and bringing people on for the smallest details, including the textures that go on the outside of your meta mansion uh, in the generator. We actually brought on an interior designer that has helped to build out the world's largest hotels, working with um, management companies like Accor um, and some of the biggest vintage uh, renovations of hotels in the world, just so that we could make sure that every texture we include and every generative aspect we include on these mansions is the best possible texture. And she went in, gave us a bunch of options, hundreds of options, and today that was our job. Connor and I were going through really finalizing these textures and giving feedback and there's still 20 or 30 of them that we need to change. But we're thinking about it down to that detail and we're literally bringing people on to take care of just that one thing. And we've had people in the community say, why do you need a team of 150 people? Why didn't you have it before? One, we're bringing people on to solve problems that we didn't know existed because these are things that nobody's really tried to attack before. And you need 150 people when you're paying attention to things that are that minute in detail down mm -hmm. to the texture. So there's so many other moving parts to this and this is why it takes a while to develop and this is why it's going to be probably the most realistic and successful real estate NFT, mansion house-based NFT in, in the space today. Ever. And hopefully we could set a new standard so... The next time somebody actually wants to launch an NFT, they take their time, they consider all the risks, costs, the undivided attention it goes towards building a project like this. Because again, we were talking about it on our, on our Twitch stream. Everybody's starting to do NFTs and they're just trying to do it as fast as possible. And they're really creating a sense of like, of I don't even know what word to use because I don't, I don't relate with that at all. I've never been one that tries to take the easy route. And I think that we're in a position right now that we're actually testing the limits of, of where this can go by being leaders of a completely new way of doing an NFT collection, right? And that's why it's been so fun working on this, regardless of the challenges that come. I think once we announce the mint date and once we announce the way it's going to be happening and who's involved and X, Y, and Z, I think it's it's all gonna come together and all this work, money, attention, everything that's going into it is gonna be worth it. Just so you know, the mint date is locked in. Uh, everything's locked in and we're, we're just loading the gun and ready, getting ready for the biggest headshot in NFT history. It's gonna be huge. Like we're, we're headshotting Goliath right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> David versus Goliath. We're, we're building the gun that is huge. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. Yeah.
So I'm excited. So yeah, if you guys are good, let's wrap this up. We'll probably 100%. do this again tomorrow. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. every day. I mean, I think I have not slept more than eight hours. Sorry, more than six or seven hours in the past. I don't know. I don't even know. Five months or three, four months. So yeah, I am still on the horse, ready to get going, ready to grind. Because now you speak my language. It, it doesn't end, and that's what I love about it. I like back to it. Like I love the process, and so let's keep grinding. How would you get say a couple it? horses? It's crazy grind season. It's crazy grind season. And are you dialed? Are you dialed? I'm so, I'm so fucking dialed. I'm right? so dialed. <laughs> Nima, are you down? I'm dialed in. Let's, Let's go. go baby. Let's go. <laughs> All right. All right. With that, we'll see you on the next podcast. All right.